you know, most diets come to you with the solution, eat this, not that, count this, portion that, blah, blah, blah. And we restrict our lives. Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Leslie Urbis on. Leslie is a registered dietitian and personal trainer with 12 plus years of experience in mindset dieting. She's committed to help food and travel loving business owners, along with corporations liberate themselves with excess weight, emotional eating, and disease inducing patterns so that they can live their healthiest life with high energy and live abundantly guilt and shame free all with a margarita in hand. So welcome, Leslie. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good. So first of all, this is really exciting. I love all the information that you had shared with me. Um, Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I mean, you did a, a great job there, but I am a dietitian and a personal trainer with 12 years experience. And I really help people with what I call mindset dieting, which is an, a different way of dieting. It's actually removing the diet. So that way you can live free, meaning, you know, most diets come to you with the solution, eat this, not that count this portion that blah, blah, blah. And we restrict our lives. And instead, what I really get you to do is to learn how to live your life free of all that and still get the weight that you want, the body you want, the life you want. So ultimately that's what I do. Perfect. And how did you come about like going into this more mindset side of dieting? Yeah. So I think I actually kind of did it myself when I was in college, but I wouldn't have called it that then it wasn't something I probably was aware of at that time. But when I hit college, I wasn't overweight by any means, but when I was in high school within my freshman week of first week of freshman year in high school, I had a, a girl in one of my classes that sat next to me in pretty much every class. Um, we were in quite a few classes together and they sat us all mostly alphabetical order in our class at first. We had a great time and, you know, we had chit chatted about, um, I guess anything in every class. And so I said to her, Hey, you want to hang out this weekend? And she was like, yeah, no, I'm really sorry, Leslie, but you're just not skinny enough to hang out with us. And I was like, oh, okay. I was not overweight. I literally was a very healthy weight for myself, but Mm -hmm. it was a setback. And that came as a a little bit of a blow after my own high school softball coach told me that she thought I was too big to ever play varsity. So because of both of those things, my mind was always obsessed with weight. Like I need to be a certain weight. I need to look a certain way. I need to act a certain way. I need to do these certain things because that is what will get me to where I want to go, right? It'll get me to the varsity spot. It will get me to having these friends. And that really took a toll for those four years. And towards the end of, of high school, I think I was, I gained a little bit of weight, but not overweight really just not comfortable. And so when I went into college to be a dietitian, I thought, you know, I've got to change this because I want to look good as a dietitian. I want people to come to me knowing that I know what I'm doing from Mm -hmm. the basis that we all look first, right? You know, first impressions come through the way that you look on the outside, right? And the energy you have. But, you know, back then I didn't really know that either. But 
So I, I decided that I needed to change myself and I did it through a combination of mindset. I could not, I I had done the Adkins with my mom in high school and the Weight Watchers and all the other things that she was doing um, and, and that I made myself go through. And it just wasn't for me. I just wasn't one of those kinds of people. So I actually did a train of mindset dieting to myself. And many years later, when I was was a dietitian actively helping people at the Naval hospital, which I worked at, I was going back to like giving them a particular plan and not getting people results. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm just going to give them what I did and see what happens. And it started to work. So little by little, I kind of developed my own way of, of teaching people. So they would get results. That's awesome. Um, because as long as you, I shouldn't say as long as you're getting results, but you are getting results with people in a different manner in a different form. So that's really cool. Um, so while you were putting together like the whole mindset dieting aspect of helping people out, um, did you have people who were really supportive, um, who are like, maybe you should just, or not support. I'm, did you have people who were supportive of like, yes, continue to go down that route instead of like doing the regular, like dietitian way of like dieting? Great question. I would say maybe, maybe my last boss that I had at the Naval hospital was supportive. The other ones I don't think really cared. I think they really didn't care as long as I saw patients. I I know it sounds bad in -hmm. terms of thinking about military healthcare or or veteran healthcare, but it is kind of like, get them in, get them out because there's so many people. Uh, So I don't know that I was supported or not. I also was never questioned though. So that was So once I became a dietitian within the first, I joined the Navy as a registered dietitian, first of all. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I basically, I thought, you know, maybe they were going to have me like sit in on a few sessions with them. And no, I mean, as soon as I got my credentials, it was like, okay, here's your client load. I was like, oh, okay, here we are. So nobody, I maybe, maybe for the first month I had somebody sit in once or twice, but that was it. I don't even think they paid attention. If I remember right, I think they, you know, were writing something. So they were probably charting because back then we had paper charts for certain things. So I don't know. I, I, I guess <laughs> no. I, I guess no. I would say, you know, I got a little pushback from people when I started my own business. Uh, yeah. People that would tell me that it wouldn't work, that nobody will pay those prices. Nobody will care for that. Like everybody wants to go through their own health insurance. Everybody wants to go that direction. So I would say I had some naysayers there, but, but that would probably be the only place. Yeah. How did you overcome those naysayers? It's a great question. I, I, I would say, I I would like to say I ignored, but some naysayers, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard the whole, like the closer somebody is to you, the less you have your guard up as soon as they're talking. So what they say to you, you almost take on to yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was a lot of close people, including my husband that was like, nobody will pay that. Right. So somebody very close to me that I wouldn't have had a guard up when they said that. And I don't want you guys to think my my husband's not supportive because he is. <laughs> but back then, you know, I, I did start my business like two months before COVID hit, unknowing that COVID was going to hit. Right. Uh, and so it, he said that. And I, I even once it hit, I was like, I'm going to do this. Now, the thing is, is that like with any limiting belief or any of those naysayers, while I pushed to go past them, eventually I had to overcome them myself, right? Because I had accepted it at a belief at some point. So even though I could suppress it for so long, it would have to come up. And that would be like a self-limiting belief that I had to personally then get over myself in order to make it to the other side. 
that's like a really good realization to like understand that that you took that on and then understanding to like get over that limiting belief yeah so and that I mean that can hold a lot of people back on making transitions or changes in their life things like that yeah yeah I mean that's that's a lot of what happens in dieting too believe it or not I mean if you came from a family that was chronically dieting you were chronically overweight or it's just been one of those things like it's oh I gain and lose the same 10 or 15 pounds every year it's like my winter weight or it's my you know my my cleanse I just have to do my cleanse to get it to go back the more you do that the more your weight slowly creeps up on you and each year it's like you can lose the weight but you're like one or two pounds heavier and then one or two pounds heavier than one or two pounds heavier and that'll come back to kick you in the butt and that's that's a big thing because you're not really dealing with what's what's underneath it's more of just a you know let me cover up what i really need to deal with to get to the number on the scale because that makes me feel better Good. That is great information. Where did you turn for support then when you were having some of those naysayers, like questioning prices or opening up your own business? So I hired a coach at first because I had no idea what I was doing, right? I was a dietitian and personal trainer, no business experience. I was not going back to college to get a business degree. It wasn't happening. So I hired a business coach, right? What else do you do but hire a coach to help? Um, So I hired somebody who really helped me to get into the sales process. It was very he was very helpful. And then I hired another coach or two. And then I really dove deep into learning how to think for myself and starting to turn inward and then using more skills. I still have a coach to this day because I believe that coaching helps. You know, I don't just say that because I am a coach and I truly believe in having somebody, but it really does help to have somebody that's ahead of you that can call you out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something to be said that, you know, sure. My husband's an accountability partner for me. You know, he's like, how's business going, blah, blah, blah. But you really need somebody who is ahead of you to then be able to look back at you and call you out. Because if you're friends with the person or if you're in the exact same position, they'll buy into your story when you say it, right? Like, oh, I can't do X, Y, or Z because of this they'll believe you because that's their point in life as well. So that's the biggest thing. You know, I I love it when, you know, people say, you know, I have a, have an accountability buddy. That's awesome. Are they ahead of you is my next question. Because if they're not at some point, one of you will buy into the other person's story. Yeah. I, uh, I also have a coach and I think it's really helpful and beneficial to one, not have somebody who is worried about like emotionally, like that they, that somebody I can just like spill things to talk to, like realistically, that they're not worried about like every day in and out. And no, you know what I mean? I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm trying to explain something, but you've already explained exactly why it's beneficial to have a coach. So oh, agreed. Yeah. And that's, it's also because there's a different emotional connection, right? If it's yes. your best friend. And, you know, it's something to go on with your kid or something yeah. to go on with your family member or something. They'll be like, oh, I totally get it. It's totally okay. You know, whereas your coach is going to be like, okay, well, things like that are going to arise. So how are we going to step outside of them? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I totally hear you like the day-to-day things that get in the way, or it's like, oh, I said I was going to do it at such and such time, but then this got in the way and it's like, oh, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. You know, don't forget. Yeah. 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 And they, I mean, friends and family, like they're doing it out of love too. It's not just so that you fail, but sometimes you just need the coach to push you a little bit further. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so through your business, what has been your mission um, to help with people? I know we kind of talked about that a little bit in the beginning, but have you, I guess, what is like your, your mission with your business? Yeah. So I started in terms to help similar military families and quickly realized that that was just me going down a wrong path. Like I got a nice memo that that wasn't my mission is really honestly to end this whole dieting mentality because we are dying right to diet. We are literally giving our lives up to a piece of paper that tells us these are your calories. These are your macros. This is your weight watchers points. This is your do and don't list. This is your meal plan. These are the portions you use. This is your shake. This is your breakfast. This is your lunch, right? And food is emotion. Food is a social status. Food is a connection. I mean, think about like my three-year-old when it's her birthday or somebody's birthday that we had a birthday party this weekend for a friend. She was like, will there be cake? It's like, I would assume there will be cake, but I can't say that, you know, technically it could be cake or cupcakes or ice cream. It's like, yeah, there'll be some fun dessert. Oh my gosh. I wonder if there'll be a birthday candle and right. Like there is a celebration in that. And we don't typically take that away from our children. We keep that right. Mm -hmm. So we also have that when something happens in our life and, and many diets will, will give you that mentality too, right? Like don't reward yourself with food. And I'm not saying that food is a reward or not. What I'm trying to say there is, is that at the end of a, like an amazing launch, if you're a business owner at the end of a, like you get a promotion, what do we do? We go off and we, you know, we go out and we have the champagne or we order the, the crab legs, or we have the big steak, or we celebrate in some sort of way. Now other people celebrate with trips and things like that, but foods attached to that as well. Right. So Mm -hmm. what I, my mission is, is to help those food loving, travel loving, wanting to keep this piece of their culture with them that don't want to live in a body that's obese, that don't want to have a disease inducing pattern, that don't want to be emotionally tied to food, that want to be in control, but they also want to be able to live freely and not have that shame, not have that guilt, not have that. I come home and I weigh myself and I'm 10 pounds heavier. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that it's helping that person succeed instead of, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to be really restrictive. And then, you know, it's always the comment of, oh, I can't have that anymore. I'm, I'm too old for that. Says who says who, you know, if you weren't too old at three to eat the birthday cake, you're not too old at 83 to eat the birthday cake. And that's, that's really my passion is to allow people to freely eat and enjoy without, without causing themselves to feel less, to have that shame, to have that guilt and to judge themselves based on a scale or based on a, I did this or I didn't this mentality. Yeah. Perfect. What do you think has been the most challenging so far? In my business, I would say finding the right client, narrowing that down. Um, you know, at first as a dietitian, I'm like, I can help everybody. I know how to feed everybody. <laughs> and at the Naval Hospital, that was true. Like I, I didn't get to specify any type of person that I saw. So once I became on my own, it was like, well, I could help that person. Well, I could help that person. And, it, you know, they say, if you, you speak to everybody, you speak to nobody. Right. Mm-hmm. And I figured out the person that I want to help the most was most similar to me. Right. Like I love food. 
I love margaritas. I just learned it was National Margarita Day today. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, maybe I need a margarita. Anyways, um, and from there, I think on top of it, it, it's one of those like, I don't want you to go on a diet to feel good in the bikini to then go on the vacation to come home and feel worse, right? So I, that's that's similar things that I tried to do in high school was always constantly dying to try to fit into somebody else's way of me. But if I continue to live up to that, I don't love myself, right? So ultimately, it's also finding self-worth, self-love, uh, and, and really working on yourself to get there. So I think that that's, it's really the thing that took me the longest to figure out was who that person was that I wanted to help that I can get massive results for. Perfect. What do you think has been the most rewarding? Hmm. Honestly, I would say all the things I've had to do internally for myself. So I love seeing my client results. I love seeing that. And in some weird way, that's to me as well. But being a business owner and solely in in thinking of myself here, it has caused me to see so much different. And so my clients get a different me. So they're able to go further and get better results. My family's able to get a different me, my kids, my husband, my, my parents, close, close family and friends, I'd really have to say that's, that's the most rewarding because even from the first client that I've had to the the last client that I've had, the progress and the process I put them through and the results that they're getting are getting even better. And why? Because I'm changing. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. If you could look back to your five-year-old self and tell her anything, um, what would you tell her? I would say, go against what everybody else tells you. Yeah, I mean, it's really the bottom line. I knew when I was in college, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to run my own business. I knew I was never cut out to have a boss. I just knew it. But I was raised in a family where you go to work and you get a job and you you work for somebody else. And because of that, I held myself back. I waited until the best time to do it. My husband's military and he makes good money and we get his, our health care through him. So it was easy for me to be like, okay, let's do it. Because all those things that you worry about when you don't have the stable job were stable. And I just wish I would have done it sooner. Sometimes, you know, I think, and I, I obviously I don't regret, but I'm always like, it would have been three times easier had I not had a one and a half year old and pregnant when I started my business, right? Like I could have made this a whole lot simpler if I would have just started (laughs) in 2009, 2000. Do you have any podcasts or books that you recommend for people to, to listen to or read? Yeah. So I would say my favorite podcast of all time is Jim Fortin's podcast, transform your life from the inside out. Do you listen to that one? Yeah. I I've listened to all 206 episodes as of now. I feel so good for doing it. I have never, ever, like every podcast is like, go back to the beginning. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. His, I was like, I'm going back to the beginning. And I started his podcast, like maybe it was after Thanksgiving. It was in December. And from December until now, in like late February, I've listened to every episode And some of them once or twice, and I'm going back through and I just get so much out of his that I feel like I don't get from other places. Um, So his would be number one. I'd probably say the second one that I go to the most is the Successful Mind podcast by David Nagel. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then book wise, I really love the Gen Sincero books. They're easy reads, right? Like how to be a badass, how to be a badass at making money. But I wouldn't say those ones were life-changing. I would honestly say one of the best books I've listened to recently was by Will Smith, the book called Will. His book okay. is really good. I can't believe how much he shares with the world. It's a 16 and a half hour listen. <laughs> like if you're listening to him and he does ad lib and play some music and stuff in the background. So it's really awesome. I've never read an autobiography before. Like maybe I had to, when I was in you know grade school or something, and I definitely didn't fully read it, but I would say that book was pretty, pretty awesome as well. And then obviously, you know, some of the other ones that everybody always says, but uh, I think those are the ones that stand out to me the most. Very cool. I haven't listened to or read Will Smith's new book, so I'll take a look at that one. So good. So good. And I would honestly say like, if you can, I would listen and then go back and read just because hearing it in his voice and then hearing the other, like, like he plays the songs in it. Uh, my favorite. And like, he starts the book where you wouldn't think he would start the book. And so when he starts, I think it's the second chapter, he actually says, I bet you thought I was going to start it with in West Philadelphia, you know, like, <laughs> like from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's so true. That's totally where I figured he'd start the book. And it was nowhere near there. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it, he was real. He was raw. He shares some things about his family that I did not know and that baffled me. So it was very, uh, our coach encouraged us to read it, to see what would trigger us, which Mm -hmm. would like, you know, write down your triggers and then go back and reread and figure out why you were triggered. So I am going to go back through and listen again, but the the first time I read it, I mean, the last two and a half hours I listened to, and it felt like five minutes, like that's how good the book was. It was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I listened to two and a half hours of Will Smith talk like I know it's like a movie but even in all his movies I guess except for uh the one where he really was the only living person right <laughs> he doesn't do all the talking right I forget what movie that was yeah oh I, I am legend Is yeah I, am? I, I was just gonna say I think it's I am but I didn't know the rest of it yeah. um good I have also listened to some of Jim Fortin's podcast but I haven't like I, I tend to go like in and out of different podcasts and his right now I haven't listened to for a while. So I'll have to, to bounce back and listen to some of that. Yeah. So good. I honestly believe the first 20 episodes of his podcast are the best. Okay. Uh, I think of any podcast that I've ever listened to. It just, he really tries to reach you where you're at, I think. And I think that that's important. I think some of the later ones, some of them I was like, okay, I kind of, this was a hit or a miss or this one kind of triggered me, but I'm glad I listened and I'll go back and listen again just to see if, you know, as I continue to be more aware, if that changes, you know? Mm -hmm. And do you have any other piece of advice that you would give the audience? Yeah. I mean, from a nutrition standpoint, I always give people my three tips, how to know if you're going to be successful is number one, is this a diet or is this a lifestyle that you can hold on to for life? It's a simple knee jerk reaction. You know, yes or no. Like as you go to start a diet, is this for life or not? If it's not, don't do it. Uh, The second piece is if it is, you know, does it bring you joy? And if it brings you joy to do it and you're not just doing it to have a means on the end, you know, of the scale, then, then do it again. And then the third piece is, is that remember that food is not an enemy. It is there because food is our fuel. So those are my three tips. I love it. And where can people connect with you and find you on social media? 
Yeah. So my name is Leslie Urbis. Last name is U-R-B as in boy, A-S as in Sam. And you can connect with me pretty much on any social media platform through Leslie Urbis, or you can also uh, go to leslieurbis.com. So. Perfect. And I will link all of that up in the show notes as well. So I want to thank you, Leslie, for, for jumping on and sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for letting me come on. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. so much for listening through another episode of jamming with jen if you'd like to connect more reach out to me on instagram at dr jen forstner and make sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast so that you're always up to date with what's going on